Christmas, and welcome to Tap to Craft, an educational podcast hosted by two craft beer enthusiasts, where we talk about craft beer in terms the everyday beer drinker can understand. My name is Denny Luce, and I'm joined by my co-host and my awesome drinking buddy, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to being the day that this actually releases, and I'll be able to <laughs> relax. Um Work's been crazy. Home's been crazy. Getting ready for the holidays and uh, looking looking forward to kicking back for a little while. All right, to attend the year. Excellent, excellent. Do you have any fun Christmas plans this year? No, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're, we're hosting we're hosting dinner, but um, we are devoid of plans, and I'm very happy about that right now. Okay. Because we just, it seems like we've just been going nonstop for the last uh, two to three weeks, so it's going to be nice just to, you know, put it into neutral neutral and coast for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. I think the be, I think working up to the ho- the actual holiday is the, is the worst part of it, because so many people, so many things are going on. You know, you're getting invited over to maybe some people's houses for some, you know, drinks or out- outings or whatever. You you might be having a, a company business party, uh, you know you, you might you know just you're doing all the Christmas shopping, which is fighting all those crowds. That's always tiring. So yeah, I think working it way up to the day is exhausting. But then once you get there, it's just nice just to relax, enjoy the family, and open some presents, eat some food, and drink some great beer. And that's that sounds great to me. Exactly. Now, I'm, now, I'm looking forward to throwing a ham on the smoker and just. There we go. There we go. So (laughs) in the past, you've talked about some of some beer, um, you know, cooking with beer. So since you're hosting Christmas dinner this year, are there any of the meal items that are going to be, you know, a little beer mixed in there to give it a little extra flavor? Uh, We're debating doing the garlic IPA mashed potatoes that okay. we usually do every year, but that's the only one um, okay. that we're looking at. I think we're just going to go direct, you know, with the beer right to our stomachs. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's good. Now, do you have any special homebrew you brewed up for the special occasion or you just got some nice uh, big whale bottles of, of good stuff you're going to pop open? I uh, just put Russian Imperial Stout on tap. Oh. Uh, so that's tasting delicious. Uh, still got some barley wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, on tap, and I've got some some bottles of uh, this dark Belgian ale uh, that should go well with uh, Christmas dinner. Uh, uh, so, uh, I, don't know, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's uh, loose can. <laughs> um. I think that would go great for for Christmas dinner, especially with a ham. I think that's a perfect beer to go along with a nice cloved up, brown sugared glazed ham. I mean, perfect. I might do that yeah. myself. <laughs> all right well, excellent all right john well hey i don't mean to put you on the spot i just thought it is the christmas season this show will be released on christmas day and i know that we have at least one or two listeners that will listen to it on christmas day so we just want to wish all of our listeners a merry christmas and i hope that you guys are able to enjoy this episode and enjoy some good beer on christmas day before we get into the meat of the show, let's talk about what the show is going to be all about. So uh, we're recording this, episode 37, on Monday, December 21st, 2015. And in this episode, we're keeping it kind of light. We're going to just go ahead and answer a few listener questions. We're going to talk about some 
interesting craft beer news articles that John and, and a couple other guys have, have picked out for us. And we're going to do our tasting, our listener participation tasting note segment on the Widmer Brothers Burr Winter Warmer. So uh, it's one of my favorite beers. I, I look forward to it every year. And we're going to have a chance to dissect it and, uh, you know, hopefully – Hopefully, John will be able to educate me on some of these flavors. I'll tell you what. I, I got another six-pack. I, I drank a lot of this beer already this year, but I drink it, and I don't really think about it. I just enjoy it. I just suck it down. Well, now I actually had to think about what I'm tasting, and I'll tell you what. It took like three beers before I could come up with my tasting notes for this. So, uh, John, um, educate me. As, as you laugh at what I describe in my tasting notes, uh, maybe you can point out what I'm actually tasting because this is a tough beer for me. You know, it, it, I think the beers that people enjoy the most might be some of the hardest to really describe. Oh, it just becomes really familiar. Yeah, you know? yeah. It becomes familiar, and I just know I like it, and I just, I just drink it. So. so that's what we have in store for this episode. But before we get too far into it, John – Please tell me that you are in the mood for this show and drinking some good craft beer. I am drinking some craft beer, uh, and t- I'm drinking today's uh, Advent calendar. Oh, beer. cool! And that's the Lazy Boy Brewing Mistletoe Bliss, hmm. uh, which is a brown ale, and they say it's got hints of cinnamon, spice, and oranges uh, to warm those cold winter nights. Oh, uh, and of those, I'm getting quite a bit of orange there's kind of a tartness to it uh it's kind of interesting it, it at first it was a little off-putting but it's kind of growing on me as i get deeper into the bottle okay so I got, a, got a bomber to get through before we do our tasting all right that's <laughs> the way to, that's the way to kick off a show right there a bomber of some mistletoe bliss that's Excellent. right so Excellent. how about you what do you got in your glass tonight you know what it is the time for winter warmer and since we're in the middle of winter uh, why not drink another winter warmer? I'm drinking Full Cell Brewings Wassell Winter Warmer. And this is a beer that's only released for three months of the year, 90 days, and it's gone. And I, uh, I, I've i got a couple six-packs of it. I've been drinking it um, on the days that I've been home. I mean, I have been traveling the last couple weeks, uh, but uh, I have been drinking a few of these because it's a it's a great beer. This, is, this one's a little bit... Uh, it's a little bit different than the the other winter warmers that I I usually drink. This one's got a little bit more. Uh, it's it's malty with a little bit of hop, you know, uh, presence in there. But it also has some of that dark fruit, a little bit of dark fruit in the in the background too. That gives you a you know, I don't know, kind of a a nice heavier. Um, I don't know. I don't. Just a a more. I don't even know how to explain it. It just got that nice dark fruit, kind of like you're you're drinking. Um, I don't know, like a like a like a big kind of like a, a Belgian ale, but without the Belgian-y part. <laughs> you know, just that <laughs> some of that sugar, you know, a little bit of sweetness in it with that fruit. So I don't know. It's like dates and plums, like a little bit of plum action in there, but it's not heavily fruited. It's just got a lot of malt and it's got a little bit of that fruit fruitiness to it, and I like it. And I don't know how to explain it, but it tastes great. That's what I'm drinking. That's what matters. That's what matters. That's right. So, John, um, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. 
Uh, I know that I have drank a bunch of new stuff uh, because when I'm traveling on business, that's my opportunity to uh, bust out a bunch of beers on the company dime because uh, I, who needs to eat? I've got beer to drink, and so I do have a <laughs> few, but but I'm not going to go too you know much into my beers. I'll talk a few of the good ones I had, but John, what beers – have you got to partake in it? You want to uh, let our listeners know about, and maybe they want to pick up and try themselves. Uh, so hopefully they come visit uh, the Seattle area because <laughs> everything I'm going to talk about is uh, is local. Mm. Um, but uh, my buddy Wes uh, was out here for a few days uh, on business, and we had went up to Black Raven uh, one night. Oh yeah, uh, to grab some some beers and some food and. Uh, they had just tapped a beer called Kitty Cat Blues, which is a pale ale uh, made with catnip and blueberries. Um, and <laughs> it's one of those things you just have to try. Oh, my uh, gosh. Because, you know, it's kind of out there, but I trust Black Raven. They do okay. good stuff. And I tell you what, that blueberry character was awesome. Um, I would... It wasn't like overly sweet. Uh, it had a little uh, vanilla in there as well that I think kind of helped play up the, mm -hmm. the blueberries a bit. I have no idea what catnip is supposed to taste like, but it was in there apparently. <laughs> um, but overall, it was just a really pleasant beer and uh, one that was just easy to, to just sit and sip on. I mean, it was, uh, I don't know, it, 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 it surprised me and... Uh, it ended up being my favorite beer that I had that night. Wow. So, um, yeah, they, I think they do this one every uh, so often throughout the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Wow. That's, that's very interesting. I have never, ever heard of catnip being an ingredient in beer until just now. So, Yeah, well, I hadn't heard of it either until I saw it on the board there. So. <laughs> But uh, maybe this will. This is going to be the new rage. Okay. Uh, catnip beers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, the other two beers I'm going to talk about were part of my advent calendar, mm -hmm. uh, and I believe I had these on back-to-back -back days. Uh, so it was a pretty good run there. Uh, the first one is from uh, Silver City Brewing. It's the uh, Old Scrooge, mm. uh, which they won gold at GABF uh, this year. For that beer. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I think in the Old Ale category. Okay. Uh, but this thing was so smooth uh, for being how big, as big as it was. I mean, you couldn't even tell. I, I think it's 9, 10%, something like that. Um, but went down real easy. Not overly sweet, um, but still, uh, you know, mainly malt, malt uh, focused there. Uh, but it, this one was just really good and, uh, it, it's, it's in the running for best beer of the box so oh, far, wow. um, for, for my advent calendar. And, uh, I, I can, I could easily see why they've, uh, got that big, uh, gold embossed, uh, ribbon on the label because <laughs> they, they earned that one. <laughs> nice. Um, and then the other beer that's, uh, you know, giving it a run for its money as best beer in the box is uh, Sound Brewery Antenna's Noel, uh, which was a, a Belgian um, 
style beer that was, uh, I think it was a quad listed mm. as a quad. Um, but that one also was just really smooth. Uh, you know, there was no alcohol like hint in there and it was one that was really dangerous because it was really easy to drink and really delicious and you just really easily to put it down too too quickly hmm. um so i, I kind of had to force myself to slow down and just really enjoy it um kind of savor it as i went through the bottle but oh. uh yeah so the, these aren't really helpful for folks uh out there but if you're ever in the seattle area in the, in the winter <laughs> uh <laughs> look these up because uh, they're definitely ones to, to not miss. Okay. So yeah. So how about you, Danny? Uh, what what were those great beers on your travels that you that you picked up? Okay. Well, let me talk about the travels first. I had a bunch of beers probably in the last two weeks. What do you think, John? Uh, at least twenty five, if not thirty, different beers. I think maybe yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, I was watching you pull away on Untapped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk about them all. I will talk about uh, a trip I took to a brewery in downtown uh, Salt Lake City. Now, I wasn't working in, in Salt Lake City itself. I was actually working south of South, Salt Lake City. So it was a 40-minute drive for me to get into to Salt Lake. But one night, uh, things were kind of slow, and I wasn't going to stay late. And I, I thought that, you know what, this is probably the one day that I'm going to get off of work kind of right on time and not later than, than five o'clock. And I said, okay, I'm going to jump in the car. And the weather was nice because the weather can easily turn from, you know, okay to snowstorm and you got, you drop six inches of snow. It's, I mean, it's really crazy weather there, but uh, the weather was nice. And so I jumped in the car after work. I went straight from work to this brewery, which is right down by the Capitol. And the brewery is called the, uh, Avenues Proper Brewery, and it's in the Avenues District of Salt Lake City, which is kind of a more posh, upper-class uh, society-type area right by the by the Capitol. And I'd never been to this part of the, the city before, so I drove in there and I parked. And I'll tell you what, the first thing I noticed is this isn't a typical building for a brewery. Uh, it was it looked nice. It was really done up. Uh, it had all glass front to the to the restaurant and and bar and brewery and uh as i walk in the front door i'll tell you what i was shocked um i was met by two young ladies now the women that work in this place uh they are uh rather young and rather very attractive and this one rather tall blonde young lady uh had on this uh you know dressed nicely in a black like a black silk shirt and some nice slacks. But the difference is, is this black shirt was literally unbuttoned down to her belly button. Um, and she had no, no bra, no tank top or any kind of uh cami or anything on under it. It was just her boobs and this shirt. Uh, and literally I think her, her cold nipples were holding this shirt from coming completely <laughs> open. Uh, I won't say that it wasn't very arousing. Uh, it was, uh, it was very nice, but I was shocked. I wasn't expecting to see that kind of, uh, you know, you know, I was, wasn't expecting that's more of something you see over in Europe, right? That's kind of like the European design clothes thing, you know, that everyone does, you know, in, in bigger, more designer cities. But hey, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it, but I, 
I was by myself. Nobody was there to go with me. So instead of going into the nice, nicer restaurant area, I went to the left to the bar and sat at the bar. I thought, you know what? I don't need to have someone, you know, wait on me and everything. I'll just sit here and I'll talk to the bartender and, and I'll taste these beers and I'll have some dinner and, uh, and, and have, you know, a couple pints afterwards. So they had eight beers on tap. Now they serve more than just the regular beers that they, they brew on site. They serve other guest beers also, but on tap, they have all their beers. They are all meet the strict Utah less than 4% ABV, uh, limits. So all the all eight beers were four percent or, or under, but the nice thing is most of the beers that they serve are all styles that aren't typically high octane beers. So you're not really missing anything when you're getting a beer that's in a low alcohol when the beer style is typically a lower alcohol style. Um, the bartender was very very nice. Uh, she she treated me well and. She, I told her, hey, I, I'm, I've never been here before. I want to try all the beers you have on tap. Just bring them to me, you know. And they can't serve you all at once. They can only, you can only have two drinks in front of you at a time. Whether it's four ounces sample or, you know, eight ounce or sixteen ounce glass of beer, you can only have two drinks in front of you at any time. So she brought me two at a time, and every time she brought me these samples she would explain exactly what was done what was special about these beers and how that you know how they made them i was very very impressed with her knowledge of the brewing and the and the materials and the ingredients and the flavors and everything she she did a great job i don't know if she was going for a cicerone or not but it, you know all i can think of is is that's not what i typically get when i have someone serve me beer even at a at a brewery a brew pub right they typically won't go into detail about the brewing process and the flavors and, and everything. And I thought that was a nice touch. And I'll tell you what, I was impressed by all, all the beers. Now, I also was told by a friend here in, in the Boise area that if I go to the Avenue's proper brewery, I have to have the rabbit fat popcorn. Have you ever heard of such a thing, John? I have not, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, it is uh, popped popcorn covered it, you know, instead of putting butter over the popcorn, they put a melted rabbit fat and some put pepper. And I'll tell you what, uh, it was delicious. And who would have ever thought that rabbit fat would be something that would be something that people would enjoy? I, I ate that popcorn up pretty damn fast. It was, it was good. So I wanted to let, let everyone know if you do happen to visit Avenues proper, you have to get the rabbit fat popcorn. Okay, now that I just told you a whole, whole backstory about this brewery I went to, um, let me tell you two beers, two of the beers that I just fell in love with. The first one was their salted caramel porter. Uh, I have never had a salted porter before. And I'll tell you what, this porter with a little bit of saltiness to it was, it worked so well. Uh, I really enjoyed that porter. Have you had a salted porter before, John? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, but I, I can see where the, the pairing with the caramel would, mm -hmm. would come into play there. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think the, the, the malts and everything, I, I just worked well and I really enjoy it. So I had a, I had a, a sample of that and a pint of that. Uh, and my other favorite, you, you know, which is no surprise probably is, you know, I'm, 
I lately I have been a huge Goza fan, and they have a very very good Goza. It's called Goza the Gozarian, and it is uh, it's just a perfect blend of the the saltiness and a little tartness and. Uh, I forget the details on everything that's inside this beard that she explained, but uh, another one that I had to ha- after I had the sample of it, I had to have a full pint of that beer too. Uh, really good, and both those beers were again uh, under four percent. So you're not, you know, those the porter you're typically going to get a little bit higher than four. That was one I wish could have a little bit more meat to it, only because the body, you know, I I, I forgave it for having a little lighter body. Uh, I usually like a little bit heavier body feel to, you know, mouth feel to my porters and stouts. Uh, this one's a little bit thin, but I think the flavors were enough with the salted and stuff that it, it, it kind of overcame that, that thinness. It wasn't thin, too, so thin that it wasn't enjoyable, but the Goza was perfect. And most of the Gozas are right around the 4% range, 4.5% anyway. So really it didn't suffer from, you know, being forced into us a lower alcohol, um, you know, beer. So any comments on those, John? Uh, I'm, you know, I, there have been a bunch of, uh, gozes around here, uh, lately too. It seems to be, uh, up and coming style, or at least maybe this time of year, folks are starting to mm-hmm. focus on it. But, uh, yeah, though, been trying the ones I get my hands on and, uh, been enjoying most of them. So, yeah. okay. um, yeah, I think, it's it's really nice to see uh some of these uh very flavorful lighter uh ABV beers getting some attention yeah um you know especially with the huge focus that we had on high ABV lately yeah so yeah yeah i mean i honestly um when i drink a low ABV beer if it's a craft beer i almost feel uh like i'm being shorted right because I'm paying a premium price for what we assume is going to be a bigger beer with a bigger, you know, you get a bigger effect with it from the alcohol and everything because typically that's what happens. But you know what? I still don't mind paying a decent price for a beer if it's got, you know, if it's crafted in a way that just tastes fantastic. I don't mind because you're paying for the craft. You're not paying necessarily for, you know, getting the alcohol. I, I, I can give up a little bit of alcohol content to get a, a, a very good crafted beer. All right. So those were the, that was a, the special Salt Lake City beer that I want to talk about from that brewery. Uh, now I'm going to just go to some more, well, at least one more nationally, um, distributed beer and then one that's, Distributed, but you may not be able to get in your area because it is very limited distribution. Um, the first one, of course, Stone Brewing. They they released a few new beers, and one of them is a new Stochasticity project beer called the Grainiac. And, John, have you had the Grainiac yet? I have not. I don't think I've even seen this one on the shelf. Oh, um, wow. But I've also been kind of avoiding tr- buying beer lately. Because of the to- advent calendar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, um, you know, the last Dochasticity project beer was that my mother's or my father's elderberries one. I didn't like that one very much. I know that, that Robert TPS Sponge, he, you know, he enjoyed that beer. Uh, for me, it was okay, but 
it, the beer was not enjoyable. It was just the bitterness was in a, a fashion that I just didn't like very much. So I was a little bit hesitant to go and try another one. I mean, I for the most part I've had good luck with these beers, but this beer was fantastic. Um I wish I could remember more details. I just had it the other night, but uh the malt, it was it was like drinking uh it was like drinking a very good strong ale or a barley wine. Uh it had some but really smooth. It had some fantastic grain flavor to it, yet had a nice bitterness to, to back up all that grain. I guess they made this thing with a ton of grain. That's why I call Grainiac, is because it's it's got a ton of grain in there. I guess the nickname they called it was Colon Blow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that's because of all the grain, uh, what, fiber or whatever is going to make you, like, blow? I don't know where they came with the Colon Blow from, um, but... Man, this is this is no. I'm glad I didn't call it that because that's a horrible name. Uh, but man, this beer was really, really good. I I really enjoyed it, and I recommend John if you don't get it in your advent calendar, you only have a couple more days left of that calendar. Uh, if you don't get it there, go pick it up before it's gone. I I'll be really curious to see what you think of it. I really enjoyed it, and I recommend all of our listeners try to find a bottle if you enjoy a good um, old ale or strong ale. Um, or, or, you know, it's kind of a, it's a mixture. I can't really categorize it into one thing. It reminds me of a lot of strong ales. It also reminds me of some barley wines. It's kind of a good mixture between those two where you have a big malt bill with a nice, um, bitterness to it also. And then the last beer I'll talk about real quickly is another Anchorage Brewing beer. We, you know, I love getting Anchorage Brewing, but they just don't come around very often. When they do come, they're freaking expensive, but they're worth it. And the beer I just drank uh, last weekend was the Calabaza Boreal, which was a Saison that was in collaboration with the Jolly Pumpkin Brewing out of Michigan. And uh, uh, this beer was uh, was really good. It had Brett in it, so it was a Brett Saison. I was going to ask about that because Jolly Pumpkin does a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. With that stuff. Yeah, I... It's very good. I love, you know, I, you know, John, I love Brett. I love having some Brett funkiness in my beer. I think it adds a nice, um, little bit of uh, complexity to it, you know, a little bit of difference. And I think Brett goes so well with Saison's, that earthiness and some of the peppery. It had a very good peppery flavor and, and the Brett just kind of enhanced it. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Well worth the money. Um, I, I, this bottle was aged for some time, so I don't think it is available. Um, right now, I, I, I had it for a few months, so, and I think it was even aged before, I think it was aged a year before they even put it on the shelves, and I had held it for at least three months after I, I bought it. Uh, and it, I think it could age even, you know, even more. It would still, you know, change a little bit, get more complex, but it's a really good beer. And, uh, I have another one. I have a mosaic. Um, Saison, I think, that I just picked up too that I'm looking forward to trying. Yeah. So yeah, Anchorage Brewing. All right. Well, I didn't mean to drag on forever on my new and overly beers, but hey, I have to tell a story about, you know, visiting a brewery and seeing, you know, some boobs hanging out. I mean, hey, you get boobs and beer. That's great. You can't complain about that. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So before we get on into our listener questions. I want to remind everyone that, hey, 
we have a Facebook page. Keep keep interacting with us after the show is over. Go and visit our Facebook page. And uh, we have all kinds of posts. Myself and John and Chris McKenzie are putting you know articles and links and things in the page. We're commenting. Uh, we, you know, we answer people who comment back. It's just a way to stay uh, in the conversation with us and be a part of the show more than just you know listening. So if you want to join the conversation, then join our Facebook page, and I'll give you that information. Well, I can just give it to you right now. It's Facebook.com/slash/tapthecraft. So go go find us. All right, John. Well, hey, we do have a few listener questions. And we're going to start off with the very first question that was asked right after the show, our last show was released. And it's about winter warmers. You know, we, I love winter warmers. And we can go ahead and, and talk up, you know, all about winter warmers. But Derek, our buddy Detroit Slasher from the Open Forum Radio Podcast, he uh, really enjoyed our show last episode, episode 36, and after he listened to it, he said, Hey, uh, it's a good time for winter warmers talk. Please, I need a good hot tub beer. So, John, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, I have a few listed here that I think would make good uh, hot tub beers, but before I you know, I go and spill my list of what I had, do you have any any? Hot tub beers or anything you think would be great in a winter time in a hot tub? Anything in a plastic glass? <laughs> <laughs> in a plastic cup? <laughs> okay. Um, no, just gla- glass and, and hot tub. Not a good good combo. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I I went back and forth on this quite a bit because in, in the winter I could see wanting something big. Yeah. But on the other side, you're you're in the hot tub, fully submerged, so something like. Nice light and crisp yeah. might be nice. Yeah. So I could see going with a nice pale ale, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, or, you know, complete flip side, do kind of like a fireplace beer, something big, stout, yeah. you know, even something uh, barrel aged. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe in the winter you, you, uh, you'd lean that way. Um, uh, yeah, I think but, uh, I think he's looking for something to. Well, I mean, when you're in the hot tub, the chill is kind of off. But maybe you're going to sit outside. You know, you have your lower body in the hot tub. You want to rest your shoulders and arms up above. Out, you know, you get a little chill. And maybe you want something to kind of warm up those extremities. So I was thinking, sticking with what he was suggesting, the winter warmer styles. Hey. Here's here's your the, you can't go wrong winter warmers is Women Brothers Burr. We're gonna talk about that on the tasting. You got your Deschutes Jubilee. We've talked about that one. Fantastic winter warmer, nice dark beer. Gets your you know, gets you all heated up inside, got a nice little you know, little kick to it. And of course I'm drinking the full cell wassail. Again, maybe these three beers aren't fully available in all the areas. So in your area, Derek, you can go and get something that's not so heavy as those ones I just listed. A little bit lighter, but still flavorful. You can go with your Great Lakes Christmas Ale. I think that would be a great hot tub beer. What do you think, John? I think that would be okay hot tub beer? Yeah. I mean, heck, anything can be a good hot tub beer. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah given, given the time of year, it would be some good stuff. Yeah. And then, keep in mind, uh, if you want a beer that's going to you know, because as you're in a hot tub, you're going to be getting dehydrated a little bit because you're going to be losing some some water. Um, if you want to go with a big winter warmer, you can go with Lagunitas Brown Sugar. 
9.99% ABV. You drug, you drink some of that. It's gonna warm you up, and it's gonna get you buzzing. And if you want to get those ladies buzzing, that's a good one to go with. So I'm gonna say Lagunia's bur or uh, <laughs> I'm mixing my more Lagunia's brown sugar uh, is a good uh, hot tub beer. Uh, give it in little tasters. You know, some of those uh, little plastic shot glasses maybe for the girls. They don't want very much. Just take little shots. They might enjoy that little brown sugar. Yeah, my, my wife came home with a six-pack of that uh, the other day. She was like, yeah, it just sounded good. And yeah. she's been working her way through it. So Right on. Uh, That's my kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, um, John, uh, take Robert's question real fast because, you know, we've been talking about this in the last few episodes, and he's a little confused. So why don't you uh, go ahead and, and see what Robert has to ask. Yeah, so Robert – at TPS Sponge, he asks, uh, please explain the Advent beer calendar. Um, so traditional Advent calendar, uh, you know, a lot of times is um, a container that has, you know, 24 doors uh, for each day in December leading up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then inside each one would be a piece of candy or a little toy or something for the kids there there's also you know ones for the family where maybe you hang an ornament or something uh, for each day uh that's what we had growing up um you know just le- for each day leading up to christmas and every day you 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 open up uh one more and uh and it's just kind of that tradition so uh with the advent beer calendar uh every day uh there's a new beer for me um so uh, in the past, I've had them just lined up all in uh, brown paper bags because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. we're classy like that. Yeah, classy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this year, uh, I had to make my own um, advent calendar boxes, um, which I just took two uh, like uh, bomber cases, mm-hmm. um, which each has 12, 12 each, uh, spots yep. in it, and then cut the top of the box so they had 12 little flaps to open up for each each uh slot and mm-hmm. then you know there's a beer in each one and each one's labeled one through 24 and uh so i i just worked my way through uh during the month um and uh wife tries to plan out the beers as best she can with knowing what we have going on and if we're you know doing something with friends she'll try to make sure there's a bomber on that day or something nice mm, to share or, yeah um I think this year I got two beers coming to me on the 24th because she can't count, which we covered <laughs> on the last episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a beer advent calendar. It's, it's just a traditional advent calendar with a beer in place of a little chocolate or toy or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And you know what? I might just have to do what you did, John. Build my own advent boxes uh, ahead of time and then give them to my wife and say, here, baby, fill them. And then I will just, uh, you know, open them next year. Like you did. I, you I, 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 I'm still, I'm still so jealous seeing all these great <laughs> surprises you have to open every day. It's perfect. Yeah. And she's still done well with, uh, getting new things. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I think still this year I've over, probably two thirds have been new, uh, new things. So, 
Okay, so so here let me let me hear the truth now. Do you give her hints of beers that you might want in your advent calendar or is she strictly doing this off of her own knowledge of beer and of your likes and and tasting preferences? Uh no, it's all her. Really? Uh, she Yeah, I don't know if she uh, she has an untapped account. I don't think she has the app on her phone anymore uh since she got a new phone. Uh, so I'm not sure if she's looking at that. Um, but no, I don't give her any, uh, hints or, you know, ask for anything. It's solely on her and what looks good when she's at the store. So, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. She, she does an awesome job. So that's awesome. All right. Well, good. I hope that Robert, I hope that answers your question on what a beer advent calendar is and, Maybe you can drop the hint to your wife because I, you know what, Robert, I know your wife is awesome and I think she would love to build you a beer advent calendar for next year. All right. We have another question from our buddy David at YoJimbo2000 on Twitter. He says, what are your favorite Christmas beers? And we, since we asked this question on Facebook and he answered it on Facebook, we also have some Facebook friends chime in with their favorite beer. We had uh, Taurus Torek. He says he likes the Snowdrift Vanilla Porter from Leinen Kugels, but he doesn't like spiced-infused beers like that have ginger and cranberry in them. And, I, you know, I have to agree. I do like ginger in my beer, so I'll, I'll disagree with that. I'll, you, you put ginger in my beer, I'm going to go crazy because I love ginger. Uh, <laughs> cranberry, I can see where cranberry might be a hit or miss. I do love cranberries, but... Uh, in a beer, depending on the type of beer, it might it might not go well with me. Yeah, you got to be careful with them because it can, you know, give a higher perceived bitterness as well. Oh, um, really? Along with the tartness, you know, I think a lot of people can. Uh, I think I think it just can it can ramp up the perception of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've had a couple good ones. Um, in the past, but they've usually been kind of paired with a sour or something like that, that kind of works in its favor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So John, how about you? Do you have a favorite Christmas time? It doesn't have to be a Christmas ale, but a a beer that comes out during Christmas time or a beer that you just enjoy drinking during the Christmas time. So uh, I'm going to give a couple, uh, one uh, that's, local and won't really help anybody but the <laughs> other um, can can maybe help out uh so i'll start with the local one that i'm going to go to uh fremont brewing mm-hmm. which uh this is my uh you know every episode shout out for them i guess um but they come out with a beer uh right around christmas time every year called the abominable it's a bit of a mouthful now i'm near the end of this bomber <laughs> but uh they do a bourbon barrel age version. They do a, a few different versions. They have like a, a cinnamon and spice version. Oh. And, um, it's, it's a lot of fun getting all the different ones. And I, I try to get, uh, at least one of every kind each year, um, or a couple so I can have one and, and seller one. I've got probably four or five different versions in the fridge right now. Um, all from previous years. Um, but that's one I, I try to get. Uh, and then, you know, more along the lines of a, of a Christmas, uh, theme, uh, I'd say the, uh, anchor brewing, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas and holiday special ale, um, 
butchering that name, I think, but no, that's uh, right. That's what it is. The Chris okay. Christmas and New Year beer. Yeah, there you go. Um, and that beer is actually a, a new recipe every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's always it doesn't always uh, you know hit on all my my marks, uh, but it's always fun to to see what they're doing different. Uh, you know when when everything is working, oh, it's it's just a great experience. So uh, how about you? What are what are your favorite uh, Christmas beers? Okay, so um, I don't mean to steal the one you said, but it's a it's probably my one of my favorite Christmas beers I try to get every year, and that is the the anchor the anchor brewing Christmas and New Year beer. Uh, that that's like you said, it's always a little different, always good, um, always very difficult to acquire. And, you know, so you got you to be quick when it comes in your area. Uh, you got to pick up, a, you know, it depends on if you get it in 22 ounce bottles or if you can get it in, in six packs, but you got to pick it up quick because it's very limited and it goes fast. But I already had it this year. I really enjoyed. Have you had this year's version? No, I think I missed this year's unless it's in one of my last couple of days here okay. in the box. <laughs> it's, it's good. Um, very, very smooth, uh, a great flavor. I really enjoyed it. So that's one of mine. But my other one is, uh, is, is not a Christmas beer. It's a big beer. Uh, and it's a little bit different every year. And I usually will buy two bottles and save one for the following year and age it. You know, I, I've aged them even for, Two years, uh, and that's the Deschutes Brewery um, Abyss, the Abyss. Uh, mm. That is a big beer, big, big dark malt and and you know fruit flavors in there. Um, I love that beer. Uh, I try to drink it on tap at any place that has it on tap in my area. In fact, it's releasing right now. This is the week that the, that Abyss releases, and uh, I'm gonna. I told my wife to you know I'm working couple days this week and I told her to hey go down to the co-op and get me a couple bottles <laughs> because I don't <laughs> want to miss out they they said they're getting 20 cases uh, oh, wow. and the cases uh, they go pretty quick um, and they're pretty expensive they're usually 15 to 17 dollars a bottle they may have even gone up this year I don't know it seems like every year the bottles go up in price in fact I just bought two but two I didn't realize they were this expensive I just bought two bottles of the Pelican Brewing uh, Mother of Storms 2015, uh, and that those are 24 bucks a piece. <laughs> Jakes. Yeah, I haven't had this year's uh, version. I've had it in the past, but uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. had I had I had uh, last year's and I really enjoyed it, and uh, so I thought I'd I'd get. I, for, I must have forgot how expensive it was when I bought it last year. I. I say, you know what? I'm going to buy one, drink it fresh, and I'm going to save the next. You know, I'm going to save the next one for next year, so I can do a vertical of the two because I only bought one last year. But yeah, forty. You know, but basically, drink. You know, forty-eight bucks for two bottles of beer is crazy. Um, oh well, it's Christmas time. I bought myself a Christmas present. <laughs> there you go. So I was a little surprised. I thought I. I- would have guessed one of your beers. No, what would you have guessed? Uh, I, I thought you you would have mentioned the uh, bourbon uh, that they do each year. So, um, you know, I do enjoy that, but I'll be honest with you, uh, the bourbon I, I, I try to get every year that comes out, but I've been disappointed in so many of those bourbon, you know, offerings. 
it's and I think again, if the bourbon is too strong, it really turns me off, and I think that's the case yeah. with the bourbon. I I've have now, I probably have ten bur over the last six years or whatever. I probably have ten bottles of bourbon, um, you know, on my wall here because they have different versions of it. They'll have a, a ginger version. They'll have you know different raspberry version they'll have different versions of it but um but yeah you know what that one is is not one that i i i used to look forward to it but i think the with the bourbon it's just it's really turned me off i think it, it's gone a little bit too too crazy in the bourbon flavor but hmm. but yeah it's i mean i've had good there's been good offerings of it it's just i haven't had a good one in a in a while all right. How about you, John? Do you like that beer when you've had it, or have you not had the bourbon? Uh, I haven't had it for two or three years, um, so it's just it's a, another really expensive bottle this time of year, and yeah. there's a lot of things vying for yeah. that really expensive bottle. Yeah, because <laughs> I yeah. I can't spread the money that that, that much. It, but uh, yeah, yeah. And there was a yeah. time there was a time when I would have spent the money on it because there wasn't that much other offerings, but now. You know, I would rather spend the money on Abyss, the Dissident. I bought a bottle of Dissident that just came out in 2015. I mean, those those are expensive beers, but I know that I will, I'm, you know, those are bottles that I'm aging because they, you know, they, they say best after a year after you buy it, which I think is ridiculous. I hate having a beer that they suggest don't drink for a year after you buy it. But, hey, I'm a patient man. I'll put it in my cellar and I'll drink it, you know, eventually but uh, but i those beers are so much better in my opinion that i i would rather pay the money for those knowing i'm going to get enjoyment out of it than to pay the money for you know like a, a bourbon where the bourbon flavors just might make me kind of gag you know it's just too too powerful all right john we have uh, one more question and this again this is coming to you this is coming from our good buddy over at the 40 cast devious mr matt matt helmer so john uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a question you can answer it because i don't know if you've listened to this week's 40 cast already you're behind on podcasts and he talked about it on the 40 cast so since i have a little knowledge on it, i'll just go ahead and and talk about it real quick but they had a discussion on a beer and matt just got done brewing his winter l his holiday l and it's, uh, he put it, you know, this is the same beer, John, that he was having trouble getting to his keg to pressurize. So, um, he was saying that he brewed his Christmas ale and the flavor is just okay. Uh, he says it's not great. He says it's hazy. He says this beer is so hazy. It's like he just went over to the Ohio River and scooped out some, some river water. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty bad. And he said the flavors, they're just not, what he expected so the question was asked by mike on on the show he said hey is this a beer that you can will get better as it ages are you going to be able to you know let it sit in your keg and let it age for you know a few weeks and is it going to get is is it going to get better is it is it is the haziness going to disappear is the flavors going to come out more are you going to get any changes in it and you know what matt didn't know the answer and he said hey it's a good question for john at tap to craft so john is there any hope for his holiday beer getting better, knowing that 
Matt uses extracts and stuff. You know, is there is there chances? Uh, there's always a chance, um, and that's one thing. You know, if something doesn't turn out, uh, it's always worth giving it a little time, um, which can be really hard uh, when you're brewing because you just want to, you know, drink the stuff that you made and yeah. get to the next one. Um, but uh, the the haziness is definitely something that. Um, can can be cured with time. Uh, cool temperatures and and time can uh can really help out. And I, I know I was uh trying to help him uh, troubleshoot his uh keg kegging issue. And I know he was moving it around a lot, and uh you know shaking it up like that just from being being moved will will put a lot of stuff back into suspension. So hopefully with a little time that'll settle back out mm-hmm. and, and won't be a problem. Uh, the, the flavor uh. It definitely, it definitely could get better. Um, you know, sometimes things just need a little time to meld together. Um, it can, you know, seem a little muddled or a little out of balance. Um, but uh, if you if you give it a little time, sometimes some of those really sharp characters will soften, um, and and that'll help bring some of the the background stuff to to the front. Um, so I would I would say uh, don't feel like you need to, you know, rush through it to just to get rid of it. Um, give it a chance. Uh, it, it, you know, being a Christmas sale, unfortunately you don't uh, really want to let it sit around too much. Cause then by the time it could be ready to go, you won't be in the mood for it. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just say, keep trying it. And, uh, if it suddenly, you know, pops into what you're looking for, then get around to drinking it pretty fast just in case (laughs) all right that sounds like good advice to me so matt don't give up uh maybe for the next couple weeks you want to drink something else uh let it sit a little bit then go back to it or or like you guys are talking about on the show uh the more you drink the more you're going to enjoy because the more you're getting you know buzzed you won't notice. Yeah, start about it. start with something else that you you do like, and then once you uh, can't taste as well, switch to this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, I've used that trick before with some uh, beers that didn't quite turn out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, those are our listener questions. Thank you for all the great questions you guys asked, and hopefully, we gave you good answers. All right, now it's time for our brew buzz segment. And our brew buzz segment to this. Episode is just strictly doing our listener participation tasting notes with the Widmer Brothers Burr. And uh, this is a winter warmer. And uh, it's a the style of, I mean, it's a winter warmer, but it's also kind of mimics after a red ale. I mean, it's pretty much, a, I don't know, it, it seems to be pretty much a, a red ale. But it's during winter time, so I guess it's a winter warmer red ale. And there we go. John is popping his bottle open. Getting ready. Getting ready for this tasting. So, um, Widmer Brothers Brewing is out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, this beer, Burr, is 7.2% alcohol and 50 IBUs, International Bittering Units. So, it's a decent, you know, it's a, it's a, gonna be on a more bitter side of a red ale. So, I like, that's the kind of red ales I like. I'm drinking this out of a 12-ounce bottle. I mean, I'm actually pouring it into my shaker pint glass. Uh, and, John, I'm assuming you also have a 12-ounce bottle, and you're pouring it into your Willie Becker glass. Oh, my gosh. It's like you're here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know you. <laughs> I know you well. All right, John, you have that beer poured into a glass already? I do. Okay. So um, hopefully you got to see the, you know, the head real quick. But uh, the color, um, you know, when I first uh, – I drank a few of these yesterday in preparation, trying to get ready for this uh, this tasting. And yesterday it seemed like I was getting a more coppery – uh, coloring, a clear, a clear beer and copper coloring. Uh, now in my dark recess of my office, I'm, it's looking more like it's, uh, maybe kind of an, an amber orange color. What do you got for color on your beer? Uh, I would go copper. Um, but mine is not clear. Mine's pretty hazy. Um, so really, that's, yeah, I, I can see, well, Okay, yeah, I can read some letters through it on my screen. So I don't know if it's it might be a little hazy, but I can still read through it. <laughs> I can't even tell there are letters on my what? screen. What? <laughs> wow, that's weird because because yeah, mine's mine's pretty clear. Okay, so we have one hazy and one clear. Uh, your bottles may differ, so keep that in mind. Uh, how about your head? Were you able to uh, capture a nice head on there? Yeah, it poured about a it poured about a finger and a half. Mm-hmm. Head and now it's kind of settled out into a finger. Um, mostly fine bubbles, a few big ones mixed in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's when I move it around, it's holding its shape pretty well now. Really? So okay, yeah. that's interesting. Maybe your uh, your hand warming exercise got it more agitated. Uh, my beers also poured all of them poured with a big two one and a half to two finger head. But I'll tell you what, if you turned away for a second and looked back. That head dissipated very fast. In fact, I'm surprised you still have a finger head left because my beer right now, it literally sucked down to just a thin film on top of the, the beer. Of Again, like you said, some fine, mostly fine bubbles, some coarse bubbles in there too. And that what's interesting, which is not too uncommon for a little bit darker beer, is that the, the head is, is kind of a... It's an it's an off white or even a, a a beigey kind of coloring. Is that what you got for your head too? Is it kind of more beige than or off white than white? Yeah, I'd say off white. Um, but I'm thinking if my head's sticking around, I just clean my glasses better than you do. Well, I'm just using a glass I've been drinking out of all night, so I don't know. That thing's pretty clean to me. Rinse it out with some water. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, should there's be no nice. there's no soap scum or anything in there. It's it's been well used. Okay. All right. Um, one thing I will note too, though, is uh, the beer always every every beer I've poured has great lacing that sticks to the side of the glass all the way from the top to the bottom. And I'm hoping, John, that you were able to experience the same uh, nice lacing on your beer with your ultra clean glass. Well, just me rotating around, playing with the head, it's sticking like up where I've moved it to. So yeah, yeah. I so think I'm gonna have that too yeah it, to me it just seems like when you have a good head like that it just means it just makes me feel like i've got a good quality beer so it's it's nice all right then let's take a big whiff and if you still have some uh, head left and you might get a little bit better aroma but uh, let's let's smell our beers yeah so i'm getting citrus hops yeah uh, up front uh that's that's the the biggest player here I agree. I get a lot of citrus. That's, that is the, the number one thing. Uh, and, you know, I, I've wrote some notes down from multiple other tastings I've had while preparing for this. I also had, had got some er, 
herbal slash earthy type uh, hop notes in there too. Again, mostly citrus, but at different times, it just seems like maybe my nose is in a different place and I, I get kind of an herbally um, smell there. And also, I ha- I can get at times some multi flavor or, or not flavor, but uh, uh, aroma in there. Uh, and I was, you know, I wrote my notes that it might be like a toffee or a burnt car- caramel type uh, smell in there. But again, it's being overtaken by the citrus hops. The hops are definitely the most pronounced smell in in the beer. Yeah, I'm I'm from time to time getting a, a little bit of sweetness mm-hmm. that I think is coming across as a bit of a caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, up front is definitely the citrus hops. Get some grapefruit, maybe even a little lemon in there. Ah, yeah, yeah, the lemon. That's good. Uh, I didn't write the lemon down, but you're right. I think lemon is a good one. A little lemon zest uh, in the back. Okay, all right. We explained the aroma. Now everyone's mouth is watering. They want us to go ahead and taste. So let's take a sip. And see what we get right up front. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you. I don't know. I get bitterness up front. What do you get up front? I actually get a little more of the malt. I think the malt takes a, a bigger role here. Um, it's not not overly sweet. I won't say that, but there's definitely some a little breadiness, a mm-hmm. uh, little more of that caramel. Um, I could. Maybe say kind of a no. I don't think I'd go as far as a toffee character. Um, I'd say more bready caramel okay. type, but uh, the caramel is not as pronounced. It's not coming across in a in a really sweet way. Um, but yeah, then it's kind of wiped away uh, with some hops mm-hmm. uh, out there. How about you? What do you What do you have? Yeah, I, I agree that there is a fainting hint of that malt in the very beginning, but for to me, the hops take over so fast that it it really tends to mask over the that that malt presence. And I'm getting you mentioned in the in the aroma getting like a grapefruit. Well, I get more of a grapefruit bitterness like a rind bitterness that almost comes across a little peppery in that you know that that grapefruit bitterness that's kind of peppery uh and and that's what i get a lot in in my in my you know the initial taste that i get do you taste any of that type of bitterness or is yours just more citrusy uh i i'm not getting much of the pepper uh Definitely uh, getting more more citrus and and maybe even a a little bit of a resinous type thing in the back, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's just uh, I'm not not clear yet if that's just more of a kind of aggressive bitterness because this is wiping away with the I would say a kind of a medium high uh, bitterness. Um, okay. Uh, so it, it could be that um, it's maybe just a little harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be kind of a resin as well. I'll have to to keep drinking, I guess. Okay, it could be <laughs> it could be it could be resiny, but uh, I don't know. I'm again. I already told everyone at the beginning of the show. Uh, it doesn't matter how many of these I drink. For me, trying to pinpoint what this beer is doing is tough because it's doing a lot of stuff, uh, and it and. I don't know. I just enjoy it. It's just a beer I like drinking, so I don't try to think 
too much about it. I just drink it and enjoy it and get another one. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, like I said, my thing is, is I, uh, I definitely get kind of on that, uh, uh, grapefruit bitterness that maybe makes my, makes it, makes me feel like it's got some pepperiness into it. But all right, mouthfeel. John, um, how does this, how does this beer feel in your mouth? Does it make it, does it make you feel good? <laughs> um, I I'd say it's a medium body mm-hmm. um, and medium carbonation. Uh, it's what I'd expect for something like this. Yeah. Uh, no, not getting any kind of astringency or you know an alcohol. No, you know, not at all. No, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it it's what I would expect. It it doesn't uh, you know take me out of the experience or anything like that. Like oh, that's you know, thicker or thinner than I yeah. would have would have thought. So yeah, I I think that uh, I, I agree. A medium body, the the mouthfeel just feels good. Uh, it just feels like I'm drinking a beer that is not light. It's not overly heavy. It just feels normal and right in my mouth, and uh, it's not overly carbonated. We've already talked about that. I don't like beers that have too much carbonation. This doesn't. I mean, you said medium carbonation. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, maybe medium. I don't know. It it's definitely not overly. Uh, maybe medium is the right term. I'm gonna say even uh, you know maybe it's just right carbonation. Right? I don't like beers that are overly carbonated. So I can have a beer that's almost flat and still enjoy it. So yeah, it, it the body to me is is just right for what I'm drinking, uh, especially for as much hop flavor I get in the in the in the front. I would, you know, I might even expect it to be a little bit more uh, heavier, more of a uh, a, uh, a coating of the mouth that makes it feel, you know, more extringent or something. I, but it feels it feels really good. Uh, it's a, you know surprisingly good. And like you said, uh, it's seven point two percent. Not you know not a super high ABV, but it's a decent ABV. And you know I don't get any alcohol at all in it which is nice i don't like to taste alcohol in my beer so i mean i, I want to feel the alcohol i don't want to taste it so good yeah it i think as i'm going more uh deeper into my glass here it, it does leave a little bit of a coating on the tongue mm. um but uh not not anything that's off-putting i'd say okay so okay all right well here comes the tough one for me john i I really fought to try to come up with what the finish is. I I don't know. Um, it's gonna throw you off because it doesn't make any sense. But I'll tell you what. I have it has a nice bitterness finish. Doesn't linger on forever. Uh, I'm I'm getting herbal herbal notes in the finish. Herbal hop notes uh, is what I'm guessing it is. And um, at times. Uh, not a strong menthol flavor, but maybe there's some kind of a light feeling that it gives me where it, you know, it kind of makes me think that I, I'm have a little menthol in there, even though I know there's no menthol in there. It just has that type of herbalness to it that gives me that, that finish. Now, John, tell me I'm wrong and tell me exactly what I'm tasting. <laughs> um, I, I definitely think it, it, it finishes a little bitter, uh, but I, I think it lingers a little bit. Um, and I think this is where I'm picking up 
that kind of resininess. Okay. Um, which I, I could see coming across a bit herbal or something like that, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, that's not what I'm picking up. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely think there's something there, uh, but I'm having trouble really pinpointing this. Okay, good. Um, good. So, uh, yeah. you know what? I feel better <laughs> right, so now. We're, we're, we're both inept <laughs> on this one. <laughs> it's because it's, I don't know. It, you're right. Maybe it is the resinous that I'm picking up, and I just don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's weird, but it's, again, it's not off putting. I enjoy, I don't, the finish is not distracting me from drinking this beer. It, I really, I, I enjoy the beer. I just don't know how to describe what it is. And again, when I drink it as fast as I do, you know, I don't know. It just goes down nice. All right, then. Okay. So. Let's get to the meat of the of the review. Uh, for any of our new craft beer drinkers out there, is this a beer that you would say, "Yeah, go, uh, go, you know, go try this one. I think you'll like it." No. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree, one hundred percent, John. This is not a beer for the new craft beer drinker. It's a good beer. I just think there's so much bitter. You know, there's so much. Uh, going on and the bitterness and even the things we can't explain that it might just be too much for someone new you know a new palate to all these flavors yeah unless for some reason your your buddy's getting into beer and he's just latching onto ipas right away yeah i I wouldn't i wouldn't uh hand him this one um but definitely try to build to it because you know like you this is one I, i try to get at least a six pack every year no, um, no, not like me. So. I, I get, I get two cases of I, this every year. <laughs> I said, I said at least. <laughs> uh, this, this is a, this is a beer that when my wife walks by the the beer aisle in the supermarket, whether it's her third trip of the week or her first trip or whatever, she'll pick a six pack up every time she walks by the beer aisle. Uh, that's how much that I love this beer. I just, I drink it. You know, basically nonstop for three months because I love this beer, and I it's I'm not gonna say it's the best beer ever. It's not, but it's a beer that I just I just love and I just drink a lot of and I and hey, it's what I like, and you know that's that's what it means. You know, if it makes me feel good, then I'll drink it. So, with that being said, um, John, I'm just gonna give my rating. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna surprise you, and you would probably think that I would rate this highly recommended. Get on my soapbox, preach it, but I'm not going to. And why? Because I just told you this is a beer I enjoy, but I don't necessarily think that everyone, unless they have the same taste styles that I have, is gonna enjoy this beer as much as I do. In fact, John, I know that you don't enjoy this beer as much as I do. You enjoy it, but you don't drink as much of it because it's just it's you know it's a good beer but it's not so my recommendation is recommended this is a daily drinker worthy beer for me when it's available i drink this beer daily so that's my it's a recommended beer for you for me how about you john so i i wouldn't judge my enjoyment of this beer by the amount that i drink every year because <laughs> i tend to spread my dollars around a little bit more than you do um and i I will rarely buy more than a six pack of any beer, uh, any like seasonal type beer, mm-hmm. um, just because I, I, my budget isn't that much um, for beer. So I, I try to 
spread it out as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say, uh, yesterday I would went up for the Seahawks Browns game. Yes. And we brought some burr with us. I had one when we showed up, I went back to the fridge and they were all gone. So, uh, I say this beer might have a little more appeal than you think. Wow. Okay. Um, so, uh, but that being said, I think I would still end up probably in the recommended camp, okay. uh, with you. Um, Excellent. but yeah, I definitely enjoy this beer and definitely wanted to, to try out. So awesome. Um, but, but yeah, I, th- I think you're, you might sell it a little bit short in your head. I think you're, you're, uh, selling yourself a little bit short in your own, uh, perception of beer. Okay. On this one. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, I just know that, uh, it's just one of those beers that over the years has, you know, I, I've been drinking this beer for a long time. I, I mean, years, 10 years or more, I've been drinking this beer. Ever since it's been released, I've been drinking it. And I, uh, I like it because it's got memories, I guess, for me, and I just enjoy it. and And my wife loves buying it for me. That this one and Jubilee are probably the two winter warmers I drink more than any other beer uh, during it. And and I I don't have a huge beer budget either, but um, but I do tend to spend a little bit more during the winter time because of the fact that this time of year is my favorite beer drinking time and this is i can only get these beers during this short amount of time so i i drink as much as i can to get me through the year um so yeah all right john well um i'm glad that this is a recommended beer uh we didn't talk about the glassware Uh, do you think there's any necessary glassware for this i i just i drink it mainly out of a shaker you know shaker pine or a pub pub glass i mean i don't think there's anything special about it. i wouldn't recommend a tulip or a snifter for this it doesn't have enough going for it you know to recommend that or do you disagree you think it might be better in a uh, i think willie becker or bust okay uh, there you no, go <laughs> uh, i think i think uh you know pub glass or something to be fine um okay. Yeah, I think there's definitely some benefit if you can get a little direction uh, of the aroma towards your nose, um, just with all the the hop stuff going on. But yeah, um, you, I don't think you'll be disappointed if you had it in a in a shaker. Okay, so. I agree. I, I'm never disappointed, and I drink it out <laughs> of the shaker all the time, so it's okay. All right. Well, you know what? I was able to find the ingredients. And they are actually not so vague on their ingredients at the Whitmere Brothers website. They say the malts that they use, of course, pale malt. They use some caramel, 10 Levabon, and 80 Levabon for the coloring. They have some carapils and some dark chocolate malt. Now, that is interesting. So, what, John, what do you think the dark, dark chocolate malt, is that just for the coloring? I mean, they have the 80 Levabon caramel so i wouldn't think they need any additional coloring um yeah it could be uh i would think in something like this you know a dark chocolate malt would also carry some bitterness with it okay um, if if it was used in any substantial amount mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd wonder if it's just a little bit of a color thing because it's you know it, it's copper 
I yeah, mean, yeah. no no bones about it. So you can't have much uh, dark chocolate malt yeah. uh, in this beer. Okay. Because, um, I mean, with my stout uh, that I, my regular stout that I do with my vanilla and everything, mm-hmm. it's it's only got like 10% of, of roasted malt yeah. in there. Um, and it's really dark. So, you know, you, you can't have a lot of dark chocolate in a beer like this to, uh, to, to, to end up at a copper. Okay. So, okay. Um, right. yeah, I, I guess that there's not much of that. It's either for color or, um, you know, maybe just a, a hint of, of something. Of something, but definitely not chocolate. I, I mean, I, there's no doubt about it. I don't get any chocolate in this beer at all. So I don't know. It's, it, it just was weird. When I saw a dark chocolate mold in there, I, I, I was just kind of shocked. Maybe they throw a little bit in there. Like you said, just to get the coloring and they're, they're brewing this in big systems. So maybe just a little bit is what they need to, to get the coloring that they're looking for. Yeah. All right. Hop wise, again, they got the. You've already explained that they have their special blended uh, hops, the alchemy hops. So that's their magic blend. Uh, they also use some Simcoe and some Cascade. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, with the with the citrus that we're getting, out, you know, the Cascade and uh, yeah, and that, that Simcoe, Simcoe can be the earthiness, can go both right? Ways. Yeah, yeah. Can uh, it give you some earthiness too in there? Or? Uh, I think it's mostly it. Simcoe, I see more often uh, as a citrus or or okay. or pine. Okay. Um, so that could be kind of why I'm not able to nail down the resinous. It, it just could kind of be uh, a, a small note of whatever crop they had for the for the Simcoe. Okay. Um, or whatever this year's Alchemy blend is. I don't know that. I know that changes from year to year depending on what they get. So. Okay. Um, but yeah. It, and you know that some of that uh, herbal, you know, could be coming from from the blend because we don't know what's in there. So, uh, yeah. But I, I like when breweries are are more forthcoming with their ingredients because it, it helps you learn where things come from. Yeah. And uh, I I don't understand when when breweries get uptight about their recipes because there's so much more than just the amounts that you're you're putting in. Because every system is is going to, uh, every brewing system is going to make uh, its own unique influences on the beer. So, yeah, it's that's nice true. Yeah. to see. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our tasting notes for episode 37. I want to thank you guys for joining us in our tasting. I hope you all enjoyed the beer. Give us feedback. Let us know what you thought of the Whitmer Brothers Burr. Let me know if I'm full of crap and I need to go find a better winter warmer. Let me know. I'll go try something else. But, hey, I've been stuck with this beer for a long time, so it might be very difficult to get me away from it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's move into some news articles. And, John, you provided a few different news articles we can cover briefly. And then I think we had a couple others from Chris McKenzie on our Facebook page and a couple others that – you know, we have a bunch, but we know we may not, you know, hit them all uh, because I don't want to run too long. But, John, let's start off with the first one that uh, that you brought to us. This is about another brewery uh, looking to be bought out for a billion dollars. What, what's up with that? 
Yeah, and th- so this comes on the heels of uh, of Ballast Point, which just sold for for one billion. Um, and this brewery is New Belgium Brewing, um, which is an employee owned company yeah. uh, that is uh, reportedly seeking a buyer, uh, and they're valuing the company at at least one billion dollars. I would think. Um, and if you make a comparison straight on Ballast Point, um, I think they'd have a case. Uh, for, <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little more. Um, but uh, you know, this one surprised me. Um, you know, I know that it, at least in talking with some of the folks there and uh, over a couple visits, I mean, I think they they pride themselves on, or at least seem to pride themselves on being, you know, employee owned, bringing their employees into the fold mm-hmm. and, you know, embracing that kind of culture and everybody, you know, feels invested because they, you know, you're not just working for a paycheck anymore. Um, you know, so I, this, this one caught me a little off guard, uh, when I, when I saw it, uh, pop up. Yeah. Uh, how about you? What, what were your thoughts when, when this one kind of broke? Well, I don't remember the details, but it seems like New Belgium just went through some CEO changes not too long ago, right? Didn't the, the main owners or whatever operate, you know, the, the, the people that started, didn't they, they released the reins to someone else? And I mean, I don't know the details. So, uh, it also shocked me basically be, because it is employee owned. And that would mean that if they're looking to pawn, you know, to get, get a buyer to pay top dollar for this brewery, that the employees themselves that own this company, they're looking for a, a buyout. Uh, so that kind of worried me that, you know, that, I mean, to get it agreed on, right? Everyone has to, I mean, I'm, well, we, we kind of had like the, the elision. We talked about that, uh, well, it was elite. No, it was a uh, full sale when they were talking about their buyout from that other, uh, conglomerate, you know, whatever, uh, consolidated company that the owners owned 51%. So they could do what they want, but they weren't going to do it unless the employees agreed. So I'm assuming the same thing with New Belgium. There's probably certain people that own the majority, but there's, you know, the employees own a percentage. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the breakdown, but I'm I'm sure the the employees don't own the majority. Yeah, but there's a, a couple, at least a couple parties that have larger stakes. So yeah, so I don't. I'm I'm just curious to know whether it's an agreement over everyone, the employees and the owners that you know the majority owners, or if it's just the majority owners right now. Something happened and they want to get out while the getting out's good. You know they're seeing. Uh, a small company like Ballast Point sell for 30 times their annual revenue. And they're thinking, well, you know what? Hey, we should at least be able to get that, if not more, because we're, you know, a hundred times bigger than them. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose there's also the option or the, the option that they aren't necessarily looking to be bought, but they're saying, Hey, uh, let's entertain some offers see what's out there and if it makes sense and you know, maybe we'll, we'll consider it. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to say, Hey, we're, we're open to, to talk, yeah. you know, not, not necessarily that we're, we're ready to sell, but yeah. Hey, if you, if you wow us, you uh, may be we, surprised. Could, we could maybe, maybe work a deal. 
Okay. So, okay. You know, we'll we'll see what happens with this one, but um I think it that'd be uh a big blow, I think to uh you know, the the Craft Brewers Association and and everything cuz you know, this would be a, a big player. Um you know, bigger than anybody that that's gone before, before them. Yeah. You know, they so well, I mean, uh, yeah, there's only, okay, there's Sam Adams, there's uh, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, and Lagunitas, and S- Stone, but Lagunitas is still bigger than Stone, I think. I mean, Lagunitas already sold 50% of their stake, so they're one of the big the big ones that have, have given in. I don't know, is Sierra Nevada, are they thinking they want to pay out, or are they going to stick around for the long haul? I'm assuming they're sticking around. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard anything, but yeah, Lagunitas would definitely be the the closest comparison yeah. to this. Yeah, and and you know that deal valued that brewery at you know about a billion dollars. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll just have to see what the future brings. It's interesting. Um, you know, I w- if New Belgium gets bought out by Anheuser Busch or you know another big, I'll be sad. You know, I. I, I enjoy New Belgium. I think they make good beers. I I mean, they're, they're a good brewery. And I don't know, one more big brewery that gets out to a lot of people that now is under the control of, of big beer. Uh, it, you know, again, it may not be for the negative, but it's always a possibility that, you know, that again turns into, you know, they start cutting corners and things, the beer isn't as good as it was. It, it always has. It's always in the back of my mind that that's possible. So we'll we'll see how it works out. I, I I'm telling you, I'd rather see breweries combine together and become their own entities. You know, you know, have Stone and New Belgium and and Sierra Nevada join into one conglomerate. You know, alliance and become you know sell shares in this alliance and become one big company, and and you know be able to go against big beer. You know, as being I, I, I'd rather see that. That's that's what I like to see. You know, see these smaller companies combine into a bigger company. Okay, the next article, John, you brought is Anheuser Busch. You can't. You know what? We can't get rid of Anheuser Busch. They're always in the news. And this article was about Anheuser Busch acquiring Four Peaks Brewing, a company, a brewing company that I personally have never heard of until you brought this article to my attention, John. Um, do you, do you have any, any insight on this? Um, I, I've heard that this, this brewery is big, uh, in Arizona. Um, and they have, I, I think the, the best selling craft beer in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just another, another domino, uh, yeah. falling to, to AB and Bev. Um, so they're, they're expanding their portfolio and, uh, Another one uh, west of the Mississippi. So, yeah. um, you know, since uh, Goose Island and, and is it Blue Point? Blue Point, York? yeah, is in New York. Yep. Yeah, everything else has been west, uh, which is uh, interesting, but uh, you know, maybe maybe nothing really there. Do you, do you think that Heiser Bush is looking to take over uh, a big player in the Arizona market? I mean... I don't hear a lot of beers coming out of Arizona. I know that they have a beer scene, but honestly, I don't think I can name one beer 
craft beer that's come out of Arizona that I've I've had. So you think that this Four Peaks is a big player there? I mean, it, it's a 70,000 barrel per year production, and they do have, what do they say, they had like four brew pubs around the Phoenix area. So they're, they seem to be focused in, a, in, a, in that Phoenix you know, location. Well, and that's another point to bring up is if you look at now Four Peaks with its pubs, mm-hmm. uh, Ten Barrel with its pubs, yeah. and Illusion with its pubs, uh, there seems to be a pattern there. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think Golden Road fits that uh, description. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they had the the pub model. Um, you know, but th- those other breweries all all fit the same mold. So you kind of wonder if they're you know kind of targeting that that a bit. Okay. Yeah. So. That, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, you know, it's one w- one additional way of distributing the beer. In in you know, in, in those a, a very high margin way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I we'll keep. It's always good for us to you know identify some of these breweries that are getting taken over by the big beers, so our listeners in those areas can be aware. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting article. All right. Um, here's a f- another fun article that you uh, provided us, John. With uh, it's the. Uh, a Northwest brewery produces the world's most expensive beer. And uh, this was an interesting article. And um, now they call it the Northwest, but it's, I mean, really, it's a Canadian company, right? It's in Vancouver, B.C. Yeah, it's still Northwest. but Yeah, but... I not, mean, not Northwest United States. Yeah, yeah. So, so. I don't, I mean, does <laughs> does this beer... Do you are you able to get this beer in the Seattle area? Like not this, this beer alone, but I mean <laughs> yeah, the, this specific no, beer. But, no, but from Storm uh, Brewing Company, uh, are uh, you able to get beers from Canada? I I haven't seen any Storm Brewing Company beers, um, but as I've been you know looking for them, uh, you know I've just, this is kind of what brought the brewery to my attention. Okay, so okay. Well, uh, um, the the interesting thing about this article is they, um, this I mean, obviously this guy at Stone Brewing, you know, he's he's kind of an eclectic brewer, and he's been brewing for twenty years, I think it said. If I I don't remember, I can't see it in the article right now, but I think he said he's been brewing for twenty years, and uh, he decided that he was going to brew. Uh, I, I'm guessing kind of an ice beer, right? It's, I mean, he he said he brewed a beer and then he, you know, chilled it and removed it and did it a couple of times and made this really high alcohol beer. Yeah, and that that's what kind of what what brought this a bit to my attention is because as far as I know, that's considered a form of distilling uh-huh. because you're you're concentrating the alcohol and. Uh, I think they go through this process twice, taking it yeah. to negative 30 Celsius. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if beer produced that way would classify as beer if it was done in the United States. And, you know, that that may be a reason you don't see this in the United States. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's it may be a, a bit of a stretch uh, to call it beer still <laughs> maybe technically some kind of spirit. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. And, and every bottle is hand-blown by uh, a local Vancouver mm-hmm. uh, artist. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's there's more to it than just the, the, the contents of the bottle. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a really sweet-looking flip top and you know we'll link to this in the in the show notes so you can see the picture but yeah i agree the bottle is incredible it also comes adorned with a uh, a pendant from the artist made from a tusk of a prehistoric mammoth wow no wonder it's so expensive (laughs) now now we haven't told you the price you're gonna buy a i don't know is it i'm assuming it's 25 ounce bottle it didn't really say the size, but I think a 25-ounce bottle. You're going to buy this bottle of beer. Now, it's 25% alcohol, uh, and they they say it's more like a port, like a port wine. So it's really not like a beer. It's more like you're drinking a dessert wine, uh, and you're going to pay a $1,000 a bottle. Well, why is it so expensive? Because this beer, like John said, they take it and they freeze it down to minus 30 Celsius, scrape off the alcohol, do it again twice. Then they store it in barrels for two years before they bottle it. And when they bottle it, they're not bottling this in mass production. They're bottling, let me see, what did they say? I, I read it in here somewhere. It's only like uh, a few bottles that they actually do, like a couple dozen. Yeah, uh, there's not many. Yeah, it's a small batch where... If you're going to get one of these, you need to be able to pay the $1,000 to be able to get a bottle of this beer. And if you want a one-ounce sample, it's going to cost you 5 bucks. You know what? That's a deal. I think I'll take a $5 <laughs> one-ounce sample. Let me go to the brewery and get my $5 one-ounce sample because that's a lot cheaper than buying you know, a full bottle of it because that's, you know, that's crazy. But it's special. Um, John. If now I'm not saying right now in your current situation, but if you were well to do and your passion is craft beer, um, how much would you pay for this bottle of wine? Oh, uh, that's tough. Um, cause I've, I've always been a, uh, a frugal, mm-hmm. uh, person. Um, when I was a kid, my grandma would give me five bucks to spend on vacation and I'd come home with the five bucks. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> You know, I, I don't know that I, I, I'm not sure I could get myself in the mindset to, to buy something like this. Um, uh, but you, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like partly, I mean, when, when you see the bottle, you, you might persuade yourself on, I'm going to get this piece of art. Art. Yes, exactly. To, to put up in in my place and i'm gonna happen to get some beer out of it as yeah. well yeah and, and you know maybe with that kind of mindset i, I could see um spending a, a few hundred bucks or even a thousand bucks for it um but i i'm i'm just not sure i could ever put myself in that mindset to do yeah. it yeah. to pull the trigger you know i'm the same way john i am so frugal um it just about killed me when I found out what I paid for those two bottles of beer yesterday that I didn't realize were 24 bucks a piece. I almost puked right there on the scene. Um, but I, you know, hey, it, it happens. But um, if if money wasn't an object, I, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, I would look at this as art. It is a hand-blown bottle with 
a pendant handcrafted from a 30,000-year-old prehistoric mammoth tusk uh, on there, too. So you're, you know what? You are buying. You're, you're buying history. You're buying art. Uh, and you're getting some beer or port wine to go along with it. And I, I found it. There's only 10. They're only going to sell 10 bottles of this beer. So you're getting one of 10 bottles of beer. So you know what? Yeah, I would I would pay $1,000 for it if if money wasn't an object because there's only 10 of those available. Okay, the next article is again Anheuser-Busch. They're getting their little greedy hands into the craft beer business. Uh, the king of beers, they want to push craft brewers out of your supermarket. Oh my gosh, what is AB and Bev doing now? Well, they have launched a program which uh, the Wall Street Journal has uh, investigated this program or, or looked into it, and they say this is a new plan to reverse the declining volumes in the United States. Uh, again, reclining volumes of domestic beer offerings. Uh, by offering some sweet incentives for companies that are aligned, you know, that you know, distributors that are aligned with uh, AB InBev to restrict the sales of craft beers and push more Bud Light, Bud, you know, Blue Moon. Well, this is, I guess Blue Moon's a Miller Coors, so, but you know, those Bud offerings. So now they want to provide incentives to distributors that, hey, if you are strictly you know, maybe not a hundred percent selling our stuff, but at least ninety-five percent, you know, pushing our crappy beer. Then we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna kick back a lot of money your way. Man, that just sounds dirty, doesn't it, John? Uh, yeah. And with with this pending AB and Bev Saab Miller deal, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. The, the distribution market is what I've heard the most uh, concern about among craft brewer, breweries and, and the Brewers Association. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're just really concerned that with consolidating, you know, these two companies and, you know, not only the deals they have currently with distributors, but the distributorships that they own outright. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, it's going to be even more difficult to for a craft brewer to get quality representation in the market um, from a distributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, programs like this, and I, I've heard of other, you know, tactics going on. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I think this is a big area of, of concern. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one thing to, you know, if you can't beat them, join them by by buying up craft breweries. But it's a, another thing altogether by, uh, you know, limiting their ability to come to market. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, buying shelf space has gone on forever, uh, but it, you know, th- this is kind of a different beast. Uh, so uh, I'm curious to see what what the outcome of all this is um, and, you know, uh, what what the future will, will hold 
yeah. uh, for, for some of those. Yeah, so let me just go over the plan details just so everyone is aware of what ABMBev is trying to uh, coerce or convince uh, distributors to try to, you know, swing their way in the in the supermarket distribution market. So basically, ABMBev introduced last month a new incentive program that could offer independent distributors in the U.S. annual reimbursements of as much as $1.5 million if they uh, have 98% of the beers that they sell are AB InBev Bev brands. So, again, if they're 98 to 100% all AB InBev, they can earn up to $1.5 million of incentives. That's pretty impressive. I mean, hey, that would if I get an extra 1.5 million just for pushing a beer that I already probably push 80% of the time anyway, I just bump it up 18% more. Why not? Why not earn that extra money? So, this is something that could easily sway independent distributors to to come to the big beer industry. Um distributors whose vo- sales volumes are uh anywhere from 95% and above of, uh, made up of ABMBev products, um, they're also eligible to have the brewer cover as much as half of their contractual marketing support of those brands. So, you know, ABMBev doesn't just allow you to, you know, sell their beer for free, right? They want you to market it also, whether it's beer truck, you know, having your beer trucks all decorated in them or putting up sign, you know, uh, um, displays at the supermarket or, you know, whatever, right? They're going to have a lot of marketing stuff. Well, they they require you to actually market their product. Well, guess what? AB InBev is willing to pony up half that cost if you at least distribute 95% of their product. Well, okay, that's still a good incentive. Now you're able to sell beer and not have to put out as much money in advertising for that, you know, capability. All right. Um, the beer giant also plans to devote big bucks to the scheme. Uh, they're they're going to pump out about $150 million next year in promoting this plan. And this is a three-year plan, they say, to restore the growth in AB InBev's most profitable market. Uh, wow. In the U.S. That, that's great. They're going to throw $150 million to uh, pay off these distributors to sell you know, to, to only carry their beer. Uh, that, that's, again, that doesn't seem right. I, I can't believe the antitrust stuff isn't moving in here saying, hey, this is not right. You can't bully distributors into selling only your beer. I mean, it doesn't seem right to me. Remember, after Prohibition, the United States government separated the beer, the, the beer brewing, the beer distributing and the beer selling into three different markets. Those are supposed to not be controlled by one person. And uh, it sounds like AB InBev is trying to control the brewing uh, and the distributing and the selling. If they're now saying that these distributors need to, you know, market there, that, that seems like they're violating that rule. So I can't understand how this is even possible. Yeah, that's what I was saying going to bring up is that uh you know the, the three-tier system isn't in place in every state anymore really um you know you can self-distribute uh in a lot of states oh yeah yeah um, 
but still uh in those states that that do have the three tier laws you know that you can't sell directly to consumer you have to go through a distributor mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of gray area um these days with the uh, ownership uh of, of those distributorships and and the, the kind of deals that that they uh can can make and in, in a lot of states uh, i don't know that people if people know this but uh when you sign with a distributor they own the rights of your brewery in perpetuity Hmm. And it is very difficult to get out of that arrangement. Um, you basically have to prove that they are, you know, willingly and 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 uh, fully negligent in attempting to sell your beer, uh, which can be, you know, difficult to prove. Yeah. Um, you know, because they at the same time they could say, well, nobody really wants nobody, your product. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's in our sales brochures. But nobody takes it, um, you know. And unless you have the manpower to follow every single salesman from the distrib- distributor, I mean, it, it can be it can be tough. And yeah. you know, so if if you're locked in uh, to some distributor, and then AB comes along and says, "Hey, if you sell, you know, ninety five percent or ninety eight percent of ours, uh, you're going to get this nice big bonus." Well, you're screwed, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so the yeah, and I think uh, there there's some changes that need to to take place. I think in in the distribution of beer uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But and and hopefully uh, this uh, you know pending merger of AB and and SAB Miller can get the conversation going and maybe lead to some of that. We can only hope. So yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's uh, one more restriction that ABMBF puts on on distributors that use this incentive plan. Hey, um, you can only carry craft brewers that produce less than fifteen thousand barrels, or that only sell in one state. So they're not saying that you can't have other non ABMBF things, but hey, they better not be breweries that. You know, have multi-state uh, distributorships. They must only be from that local state. And hey, they can't produce more than fifteen thousand barrels. Which, you know, what fifteen thousand barrels? You're probably not distributing too many states anyway. So it's still a pretty big restriction. So here's my thing, John. I don't know the details about how to become a distributor. I know that Stone Brewing in Southern California is a major distributor in the Southern California area of distributing more than just their beers. They distribute a lot of Southern California beers. So it would seem that if this was to become the case, and again, I don't know, it might be state to state, you know, based, but is there an opportunity for, again, local craft breweries in a state to combine together and, uh, I mean, I know you, you can't cross all three boundaries, so it couldn't be breweries that that uh, sell retail and brew and distribute. But if you can have two of them, why not have a, a third distributor where you combine your breweries and now you distribute to, you know, your local state to get, you know, get your beers out there? Uh, I know it sounds complicated because that's what basically Timberville fell into here in Idaho is before they had a distributor – um, capabilities to 
to transport their beer from Bend, Oregon to Idaho to sell. But then once they opened their brew pub where they're brewing beer locally and selling uh, the beer locally at the brew pub, they couldn't have a distributor. So they had to cancel their distributorship in Idaho just because they opened a brew pub. So I can see where it can be a, you know, really kind of a, a sticky situation, but man, it, I, I don't, I don't see any other option. There's got to be other independent distributorships that want to, to boycott AB InBev and only distribute small brewery stuff. And maybe that will become a thing. Yeah, maybe, but that, yeah. It's again, it's still hard to get shelf space, period. So, well, we'll see. I, I'm hoping that, that we'll get some, some good news in the, in the coming months. Yeah. 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 I hope this doesn't really, I hope this fails miserably. It does, it just, just seems so wrong in so many ways, but oh well. All right, John, we have one last news article, and honestly, it's not much of a news article. It's more of just an informational article, and this article was brought to us by Chris McKenzie, uh, and he put it on our Facebook page, and it's the next Pliny, nine beers ready for cult status. Now, these are beers that, you know, Pliny the Elder and, uh, you know, the Bourbon County or County... What's that freaking Goose Island one? Bur- the Bur- Bourbon County Stout. Bourbon County Stout and these and uh, what's the Black Friday um, Stout from whatever brewery does that one? Uh, all these beer- beers are like big beers that people are are on the search for. You know, their goal in life is to get one of these beers. Well, Pliny has been that. You know, been one of those beers that is on that list. Well, now here's nine other beers that may take the place of Pliny in the, in the near future. And we'll go through these quickly because honestly, I haven't had any of these beers and uh, <laughs> me either. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I'm just curious cause Hey, I'll keep an eye open for them. If they do come in my area, I'll pick one up and see if it's worthy. But, uh, the first beer they list is, uh, from modern times, Brewing out of San Diego, California. So I know I've seen Robert drink this beer, and I've seen Modern Times, uh, you know, show up on different websites and stuff. But this is the City of the Sun, and they say, why should you care about this beer? Well, for one, the brewery's got maybe the best cans in the business. Ironically, they don't look modern at all. Well, that's a reason to drink the beer. Screw that. That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they say it's a sticky, fruity IPA, um, and it's making the move to metal after selling out within two weeks of being bombers only earlier this year. All right. I don't know. City of the Sun. You ever heard of that beer from modern times? Uh, I haven't had had or heard of that beer, but um, the stuff I had in modern times when I was in San Diego was really good, and uh, they were one of the breweries that inspired my uh, – Coffee Vanilla Stout. So okay. I got some info from them at the Homebrewers Conference that, that helped me make that beer. So I, I would put some faith in, in them to, to produce a solid offering. So Okay. All right. Well, it's an IPA, so it follows suit with the Pliny the Elder theme. Uh, there's another double IPA coming up here called The Dinner from the main brewing company from Free, Free, Mort, 
or Freeport, Maine. You know what? Good luck, John. You and I getting any of that. Uh, I've actually had a few uh, beers from Maine Brewing Company, um, thanks to some West or excuse me, West Coast relatives. <laughs> yeah, right. East Coast uh, relatives have shared some Maine uh, beer with me, and it's all been really good. I wouldn't expect any different. Um, everything I've had has been like potentially for cap. I'd have to go look that up on untap, but, um, it's all been really solid. So. Okay. Well, this one's called dinner and it's a double IPA. Um, that's all I know about it. Keep an eye open for dinner. That's going to be the next big Pliny. Uh, again, probably because you can't get it unless someone mules it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's the only reason why it's great, I don't know. I, whatever. I've never heard of it. But it doesn't mean it's not uh, a fantastic. You know what? There's fantastic beers here locally that nobody is ever going to get unless I bring them to them. So, oh well. All right. The next one is the All Green Everything. And this is from the Other Half Brewing out of Brooklyn, New York. And this is a triple IPA. It says it's because it's one of the best triple IPAs available. I don't know. I've had some damn good triple IPAs from Needy Brewing. How come that's not on the list? I mean,. I don't know. What makes this so great? Well, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It says it's very, very easy to drink thanks to tropical citrus and pine notes. All right. Well, it's an easy drinking triple IPA clocking in at 10.5 ABV. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This one, I don't know the beer or the, the brewery, but I, I'm willing to try it if I, if I need to for the yeah. sake of science. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get some over <laughs> on the West Coast. I mean, whatever. All right, the next one is the second fiddle from Fiddlehead Brewing out of Shelburne, Vermont. Yep, good luck in this sucker. I don't think many things from Vermont ship out past Vermont, but it's a, a massive double IPA. Wow. Okay, thanks. I, you know what? Heck, I've had some great double IPAs. I don't. I'm again, they're not well. I mean, one why this one is one I I I really have to try. Um. Again, only because I no nobody can get it. Uh, that makes it that great. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much out for the next few in terms of knowing the beer or the brewery. So okay, la- the last couple I can at least entertain a little bit. So. All right. Well, I can say that I have heard of this brewery, Kern River Brewing, out of Kernville, California. Uh, this is a Citra Double IPA. Hey, you know what? I'm all about the Citra, so I'll drink a Citra Double IPA. Um, it says it's arguably the best Citra-based beer out there. The Kearns River Brewing is in the middle of an expansion project to increase capacity and add a canning line. All right. If if this one goes in cans, the brewery will start distributing. Right on. Just bring it to cans. Let me get some of that. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's Kern River. It's a small little town in the middle of nowhere, California. Uh, if, if you drive there, you might be able to get some of that. So go try it out if they can it. The next one is called the Julius from Treehouse Brewing Company in Monson, Massachusetts. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to skip it. I don't care. Uh, this, <laughs> this next one. 
I'm looking at, and uh, they've got a Fremont uh, Brewing <laughs> glass. I know. I got so excited <laughs> when I saw the picture, and then I was let down. It's from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's called Pseudo Sue. And uh, this is from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. And it says it's a small, it's likely the smallest beer on the list. It's 5.8%. It's a pale L. What's so great about a pale L? It's a pale. Uh, it says it's got citra hops are huge, but there's a hint of mango in there also. All right. Sue is a T Rex. So it may, may be small and, well, wait, wait. Well, how, how come it's, how I think it's based it? off the label. Oh, the label, good. yeah. Okay, so it's yeah. a pale ale, but it's got big T-Rex flavor. All right. Yeah, all right. How about Melrose from Beachwood Barbecue and Brewing, Long Beach, California? I know our buddy Robert's probably heard of that place. I've heard of, I've heard of the, the company, but I haven't had any of their beers. Yeah, I know of Beachwood Barbecue, and they do a lot of uh, events for, for craft beer, including for Pliny and and planning the elder. Okay. Or, or the younger, excuse me. Um, but uh, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I, I like the way that they deal with the distrib- distribution of Pliny. Um, if I've got the right place. But um, I think that what they do is they, uh, you know, have a lottery for, you know, a taste ticket. Um, and then rather than having to show up Stand in line on on the day of release. You just bring your ticket in at any time and get your pint. Yeah. Um. And I I think that's an awesome way to do it because yeah. I can't go stand outside somewhere at ten in the no, morning. No. On a on a work day. Uh. But you know what? I I could come in in the evening and, and enjoy my pint. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think that, that's a good way to to go about it. But. Yeah, this is this is one place I do want to visit when I go to LA area is is this place. I've heard good things about it. So yeah. Robert, when I come visit you, let's go visit Beachwood. It's on me. Yeah, you heard it. All right. <laughs> the last one, John. Come on, man. I know you 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 might have a chance of getting this one. It's called the Hop Juju from Fatheads Brewery out of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, have you heard of that one? I've heard of it. I've had Fatheads. I've had good stuff from Fatheads, um, but I haven't had the beer. But, you know, they've opened up a location in Portland, yeah. so this might be my best chance on the list. Me too. Uh, Me too. At least any kind of timely uh, procurement. <laughs> All right. Let's meet up. Let's meet up, and we'll do a, a Hop Hedge, Hop Juju, Fatheads meetup. We'll go get some, right. We'll go taste some of that. All right. Well, John, that ends our top nine list of the next Pliny the Elders beers. Um, honestly, sorry, but I'm not going to be pining for any of those beers anytime soon. So uh, <laughs> that list was for someone that really, I guess, cares. I don't really care that much. But, John, I do care about this. It's the end of the show. It's time to raise our glass to our friends, family, whoever we want to raise our glass to. John, who do you want to raise your glass to this week? Uh, so this week I'm going to raise my glass to my buddy Wes, uh, you know, in addition to coming out here and hanging out and grabbing some beers at Black Raven, he also brought me a six pack of, uh, various, uh, beers from the Midwest and East coast. So, uh, all, um, 
mostly ho- uh, holiday, you know, seasonal beers. So between uh, Wes and, and Chris, I, I've got a nice taste at home, uh, which is which is really nice this yeah. time of year. So thank you, Wes. That's nice. That's it? That's it. All right. All right. Well, hey, um, I, I want to thank our buddy Matt Laney. Uh, you know, he's, he's the brother of my favorite farmer in Washington and in, in central Washington, old Josh Laney, that, uh, he's spreading the word of Tap to Craft. He's went on our Facebook page. He said, Hey, to a number of his friends, you've got to listen to this podcast. Go follow him, join him and enjoy all this great beer talk. So Matt, thank you for spreading the word and for all the new listeners that, are now listening because of Matt. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed what you heard, and you you subscribe and keep listening to us. And, hey, join the conversation on our Facebook page or Twitter or email us. Hey, we'll, we'll talk to you. Don't worry. And the next time I come through, let's do a meetup. Uh, you know, Matt was all for uh, hitting us up and, and meeting up at a bar outside of Ellensburg, I think. Uh, that'd be great. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I might be able to make it out that way. Okay, let's do it. That sounds great. And, um, yeah, I just want to, you know what? It is the end. Of, this is our last show of the year, 2015. So I just want to thank all of our great listeners out there. I raise my glass to all of you guys. You've made, uh, you've made John and I very happy to be able to interact with you guys and share our love of craft beer with you and, and, and learn about your craft beer journeys. Uh, hey, that's why we do this show. Uh, thank you for listening and for participating. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. And, of course, I have to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. Hey, they provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. So go check out all the great podcasts that we have to offer on openforumradio.com. Go check it out. And you know what? It is... Uh, the it is the holiday season, and I've mentioned almost every show or every show that I've been on that I was a former Navy submarine guy, and uh, I spent a number of Christmases away from my family, and I know how hard and difficult and and kind of that uh, that that weird feeling you get when you're not able to spend that time, you know, that emptiness you you get. And I just want to raise my glass to you guys. I want to thank you for your service. And I just want you guys to come home safely to your families. And once you come back, go ahead and, and enjoy some of this holiday cheer with them a little bit later. That's what we did. We celebrated a little late. So, hey, cheers. And, uh, hey, just a reminder, if you enjoy what you hear, we don't ask for you to throw money at us. Uh, we'll take your beer, but we don't ask you to send beer. Um, but what we do ask is, hey, take a few minutes to go to iTunes and just leave us a review. Uh, just let everyone know uh, what you enjoy about the show and why you listen. And that will just help more people come and, uh, you know, learn about John and I and our craft beer uh, educational podcast. So, hey, check us out. Write a review. Help us out. And if you'd like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at taptocraft at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at taptocraft or leave comments on the show post at openforumradio.com or Google+. Plus. Just search for Tap the Craft. 
And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw, and on Google Plus at Denny Loose. And John, if our great, wonderful listeners want to follow you on social media, how could they do that? Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped, Prime WA. And I sometimes write about beer and homebrewing at homebrewengineer.com. And awesome. I've got some stuff in the works, so keep it Okay. Eye. All right. That sounds awesome. Well, it's last call. It's time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We hope you were able to find lots of fun, interesting, and educational things. And we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio or hopefully soon on Google Play and however, however you happen to listen to podcasts on you, you know, in your ears. Just go find us and subscribe. And just a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. All right, now go out there, spread the good word of beer. Cheers. I I had an observation Mm -hmm. at the stadium. So uh, I think we talked in the past that, you know, they had Goose Island IPA and stuff was widely available now as an yep. option. Yep. And uh, this time when I went, that was the same price as Bud Light. Wow. Um, so, you know, for a cheap eight seventy five. But interestingly enough, the Elysian uh red ale that they had was a buck more the men's so yeah so curious how they dictate what the pricing is or you know there i I suppose there could be you know deals in place still that kind of dictate that that kind of pricing or you know i I don't know the specifics because the goose island you know acquisition happened you know, a few years ago now. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah. So, so you think that maybe Elysian has a local agreement with the stadium that was already in play for three years or whatever? It's possible. Um, you know, the stadiums here are, are good about getting local stuff. Yeah. Um, but I will say in our area of the stadium, uh, I only saw things that were at least now AB related. So I didn't see anything that wasn't an AB product, you know, in, since Elysian is now part of that family. But so, so for that, uh, so it was eight seventy five for a AB InBev product that was not Elysian, and in Elysian it was nine seventy five. Yeah, nine seventy five or nine fifty. Something like that. And it was yeah. was that for a twenty ounce pour or a sixteen ounce pour? Uh, I think it's sixteen. Oh my gosh, that's a ripoff. Oh my gosh, damn! I could buy a six pack for that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yep. <laughs> but you can't have your six pack inside the stadium. That's well, I, how they get you. I could if I put it into a into a camel's back and and mule it in. Yeah. Well, had I known what security was like, I could have brought whatever I wanted in. Cause <laughs> just as long as it's in a plastic container, cause everybody was, you know, had layers on for the cold and, yeah. 
the only uh, security was a metal detector. Yeah. So I would have been fine. Yeah. Not that I was like trying to get stuff in, but. I have to scroll down. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yeah. I think I drank too much tonight. I got to go to work tomorrow, so it's okay. I'll be okay. I'll just drink some more water before I go to bed. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And if... <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I was getting ready to say something else. I think you were getting ready to plug your own stuff. I was. I was going to plug my stuff. And then I saw that we have a Facebook page. What? We have a Facebook page? <laughs> we have a Facebook page. So go visit us at facebook.com. Taps a craft. Like our page and interact with us. There we go. I just plugged it. Boom. You... <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Well, that short show lasted two hours. Yeah. So I don't think we're releasing on Christmas. We're releasing on Christmas Eve. That'd be the Thursday, right? You're right. Yeah. I was thinking that we were releasing on Christmas. That's okay. It'll be... A blooper. <laughs> I'm not going to go back and change it now. We've already recorded. I think, I think we got to redo the whole show. <laughs> Hot across the newswire, AB InBev has procured another brewery. Which one? Uh, this time out of London. Really? Yeah. Camden Town Brewery. Never heard of them. Me neither. They must be but doing I- great things in craft. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Still, another another domino. Yeah. What, so. Well, you know, my buddy Adam, you know, he talks about his friends in uh, England, and the craft beer movement is big there right now. And they're, I mean, there's all kinds of small little breweries, because it's, it's pretty much the pubs serve whatever beer is being brewed in that town. Right, that's that's typically how it is. So you'll have, you know, local beers that are sold in the pub, but now there's a lot of craft breweries being opened, and so it's, you know, people are enjoying craft beer. Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. Want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com, links to all the different shows. Uh, Like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and... uh, Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. All right, folks, take it easy. Have a good day.